0: Your CRM system allows you to see people as customers, right? And your CXM or your social, we'll call it your social, um, you know, system, allows them to see, you know, people as, as humans, right? And what you really have to do um, is really merge the two together. You know,
1: today's guest really got me thinking about recent customer experience uh, and customer service interactions I have had with brands. Uh, in particular, uh, uh, something we're going to talk about today is is seeing customers as humans. You know, um, you're, he, he actually says something really insightful uh, in our conversation that CRM allows you to see customers and social allows you to see the customer as a human, and I think I I, just remarking on a couple of brand experiences I have had lately. I wish they had read that and listened to this episode before they got on the phone with me.
2: Yeah, agreed. Um, I actually heard recently, uh, Daniel, speaking of that, a similar experience, maybe not to the extreme of what you're talking about, but there was somebody who was actually on a four-hour-long hold with an airline, so they just got off the phone and drove to the airport, or I think they actually drove to the airport while they were on the phone. Um, and yeah, similar shared experiences in social—you see these things all the time. And you know, brands—we're doing our best; like we're trying to be there. But I mean, the expectations of customers has evolved so much that while it seems common sense to see our customers as humans, sometimes it's really hard when we're in the day-to-day and we're digging into it. And as Ken talks about today, you know, it's really a culture shift. It's, it's, it has to start from the brand inside to, to radiate out. And he just brings up so much, so many good examples and so many good insights that this conversation really shifted my perspective today, which I really appreciated from Ken
1: yeah and the uh, the other thing, you know if you are a uh, social customer service professional uh, listener listening to this episode can have some really great career advice in here too. just how to tell the story about the impact you have as a professional in your organization and in your industry. I think uh, it's it's good to hear you know this perspective. so tons of career advice headed your way. unexpectedly, that wasn't even the topic of today's show. Before we get into it, uh the show today, we recommend you go check out our amazing show sponsor, ICUC. ICUC are experts in online and social media community management and they're here to remind the world there are real humans behind brands. ICUC creates the space where tech meets human power by moderating, listening and holding real conversations with customers on behalf of enterprise brands at a global scale. ICUC provides strategic support and fills customer care gaps as an extension of your team 24-7, 365 days per year in any language and on every social channel. Head to icuc.social to schedule a consultation, talk strategy, and see how they can support you. That's icuc.social. Social, And because we know time is precious for social media professionals, especially in a landscape where things are changing every day, uh, we know this really well, which is why our team at Convince and Convert developed a free social media bundle to help you execute an A-class social audit, get you off on the right foot. The bundle includes a social media evaluation checklist, nine social media metrics that matter. Uh, content calendar template and social media policy template, all the stuff you need to get started. You can download your free bundle today at bit.ly slash social audit bundle. That's bit.ly forward slash social audit bundle. And now Kenneth Madrigal, Senior Director of Customer Experience Management and Best Practices Group at Sprinkler.
2: Social pros listeners, if you have been listening to this show for a while, then you know that there is this long-running and very frequent trend with guests where they come on the show, uh, they have one job, and then almost immediately after the show airs, uh, they switch companies or they get poached or something happens, and basically uh, every time a guest pretty much comes on the show – uh, the next time we talk to them, they are in a new position. Um, but our guest today actually bucks this trend and we just did it a little bit earlier. Uh, Ken Madrigal, thank you so much for being here today, and we're going to get into how you bucked this trend in a minute. Um, but what a way to make your debut on Social Pros! But we are just so happy to have you here today.
0: Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm glad I. I, I kind of wanted to differentiate myself from all of the other speakers <laughs> that I, you know jump to a different job there. I think part of it is part of that trend is that it's because um, I actually um, secured the spot to talk on social pros first. And then in the middle before we recorded, I jumped job. So I I still am in that same trend with the rest of uh, the speakers. (laughs) <laughs> yes,
2: absolutely. So, yeah, so we've been talking to you for a while, and obviously, because of like summer vacations and just things happening in the world, like it's taken a while to get you on the show. So, we really are genuinely so happy to have you here today. But, yeah, so when we started talking to you, you were at Verizon. And then, of course, now you have made this massive leap, and now you are the senior director, customer experience management best practices group at Sprinkler. So first, congrats and kudos on the huge jump. Um, But can you tell us a little bit more about what your job entails today? Because that is a very big, very important position um, and would love to just make sure uh, we have a thorough understanding of what that entails.
0: Well, uh, I think it first starts is that, you know, prior to joining Verizon, I was in consulting for like over 11 years, right? And uh, with that, I was able to connect And help a lot of top tier brands across different industries make that leap into digital social transformation. Uh, It's a big uh, reason why I joined Verizon and helped them, uh, you know, really rethink about how they did uh, social as a a practice across the business, as well as how we did social care, what we'll be talking about. Uh, But I feel I can bring that same kind of um, experience knowledge skills talent both from my consulting world and my verizon experience to other clients that are there um, that work with sprinkler Um, you know and again i think the other big part of it is they're incredibly passionate about the idea of what it is to you know redefine reimagine and transform somebody's experience whether it be physical or whether it be digital right and that's the same professional path and passion that i have so it kind of was a great collaborative match made, um, you know, to be working with uh, sprinkler now.
1: That's a very timely, uh, conversation for us to be having. I was just reading a, a bit of data yesterday from Salesforce about the importance of customer experience and, and the, in their recent research, they said 88%, 88%, I'll say that more sharply of, uh, people say that the Experience a company provides is equally, if not more important than the products and services that it sells or that it provides. Uh, and I'm curious about that. And one big, like the 12% of people, who are they? <laughs> people who don't think that's true. I <laughs> do. I don't know that I want to go shopping or traveling or have a meal with them. Uh, not sure what kind of experience they seek out. But I, you know, it is a very timely. And you know, that data compared to the last time they did that had gone up. I think around eight percent. So. Uh, that in just about a year is a pretty remarkable shift in customer expectations of a of a, of a company, and you're probably seeing that. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure you saw that at Verizon that you know people, be it because of COVID or you know uh, the economy, whatever it might be, expectations and ex- experience kind of become front and center.
0: Yeah, I, I think that with those twelve twelve percent and the eighty eight percent, I think experience is almost relative, right? Um, the twelve percent almost don't even sometimes realize what it means to them to have that brand connection when it comes to the experience. Some people go, "Oh, I just want my you know issue fixed and move on," right? Where others go, "You know, I really want them to know me, but I want them to know me in such a way." And you know, what is that definition? Everybody talks about personalization, right? Uh, what is that definite personalization? Is it just knowing what you have in your subscription and the things that you have as part of your services with the brand? Or is it things that even deeper like how do I apply it? You know, I always say, and, um, you know, I, 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 another reason, you know, with Sprinkler is that I've got a lot of catchphrases. And a big part of the catchphrase is, um, you know, your CRM system allows you to see people as customers, Right. And your CXM or your social, we'll call it your social um, you know, system, allows them to see you know, people as, as humans, right? And what you really have to do um, is really merge the two together. Merge your social CRM and your customer CRM together. And that becomes a real powerful tool on how you apply it to create a different level of personalization. It's not just, oh, you rented this movie or you have this service or, you know, you had this fix happen in the past. It's like, why did I do that? What? Why does it make it important? Am I an influencer out there? Um, you know, does it affect, you know, some of the f- things that I work on from a, either a business or a personalization standpoint in my re- everyday life? And so it's that connection between the two that's become, you know, the big part about, like, what I think is experience. Mm-hmm.
2: So in terms of, can I I can't underscore how amazing that... I know you called it a catchphrase, but that was so eloquently said and stated and really, I think, helps put everything into perspective because, you know, customer is like inching towards human, but it's not quite human. It's still kind of detached. And so merging those two together and actually seeing customers as humans is so incredibly vital. And and I'm just curious, because you brought up some really, really next level ways to interact with people. Obviously, just simply responding is like base level, 101 level stuff, right? Like this is stuff that we've known for a long time. But what I'm inferring from what you're saying is that is not enough anymore. And if people are at that level, that's great, but that's a must have. That's not even really social customer care anymore. That's not even going to cut it with customers anymore. Do I have that correctly? Just reading into what you were saying.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, in, in the generation one, when they were talking about in social and social even care, responding to customers uh, in a new channel, right? Uh, that was the first wave of what people's expectation was just show up. Wasn't even like how fast you show up. Just just be there to take, especially public conversations, and show people, uh, you know, the public, other customers, that you see someone having an issue, and then you're, you know, you're actually responsive enough to get back to them. Of course, now we've incorporated productivity on how fast we respond, uh, just like we would in like a messaging or a chat. But really, what it comes down to there, especially in social care, it's that um, it's a brand moment now, right? Uh, I, again, I'm, I'm loaded with catchphrases. And one of the big ones I use also is, you know, you know, our, the job is really uh, when you're thinking about social care is turn uh, frustration into fandom. And, you know, when you think about that fandom there, uh, I, I want to change my business card to like cult leader, because all I cared about is like making customers fanatics about the brand, right? And you have to do that in a way that's. Um, yeah, it's responsive. Right. But I've got to look underneath that again, that that kind connect, connection between you as a human and, you know, you as the service. You know, how do we facilitate that? Um, how do we use social tools? How do we use things like simple things like, uh, you know, emojis or small gifts that actually make a real connection at that point? And then once you make that connection with that point, how do you turn that so that the customer themselves go, wow, I really remember what I just heard and saw, you know, I want to return to it, right? The, the the brand has to go, can we repeat that over and over again? And then again, from a this is the most important part from a social standpoint is that, uh, you know, I call them the four R's, remember, return, repeat it, right? But the other big one is recommend it, right? Can you get it to be such an inspirational, differentiated connection, even in a care standpoint, right? that they want to share it. And that's the power. I think that's also the thing about for brands that they forget is that the power of social isn't to turn it into a chat. It's to share the experience out there, get folks to experience it. Um, my last point with it is like NPS, right? NPS, everybody believes at NPS, what's the top question in NPS? Would you recommend this brand or service? That is the number one question, be a detractor or a promoter, right? In social, that is the thing. You are actually Promoting something, you're amplifying it. You didn't just have a question of intent; you had a you had an actual actionable thing that happened, right? That somebody said, "Wow, I'm telling my entire network how great that was."
2: No, and that's um, I know that is such a perfect way to describe it about you know turning frustration into fandom and and just the importance of of helping people pivot and solving their problems and and really being there where they need us to be the most. So in terms of actually making that happen, obviously, as we had just talked about, you know, just as even as you'd mentioned, like the evolution of social customer care with, you know, first it was just show up and then it was just show up and respond as quickly as possible or respond in this amount of time. And, you know, then it was kind of moving into that personalization piece, like not just sounding like a robot. So obviously we've evolved, we've grown past a lot of those baseline level features and, and it's, that like benchmark has moved so far forward and especially with customer expectations and just people's expectations, where is that benchmark now? So where is like, obviously we can't just show up anymore. That's not enough. So where would you say at a basic level now, companies should strive to be with their social care? Like what is that benchmark? What is that very basic level now that we've evolved so far past the basics? Um-
0: You know, I think one of the things that folks have always, and this was a catchphrase from Jay Bear—is that social care is the new marketing. And that's actually what is being muddled today. You know, it was aspirational five, six years ago, but now the ecosystem is that your social care and your marketing groups and your, your, you know, your social marketing groups as well as your marketing groups have to be so integrated and in tune with each other. There is no more of this. I'm going to launch a campaign and then care is like blown away. I'm whoa, what's happening? You know, and then we're getting all this volume. And on the other side of it, there's no more of like, wow, we had this influencer that had a problem with the product. And all of a sudden we had interacting with them and the marketing and the PR folks go, whoa, this person had two million followers. You know, why aren't we like talking to one another to make sure that that person is handled like a white glove? You have to actually integrate those practices so deeply uh, you've got to have the people, the process, and the tech that actually has that seamlessness there, and those are all achievable today, right? Um, we continue to say we're, you know, we're trying to remove the silos, but this is so muddled that you know a social conversation that you're having, um, regardless if it's for uh, a brand campaign or if it's a social care moment, you've got to look at each of those as brand moments, right? You've got that opportunity. Uh, in the social care world, I always say that the the issues that we see, please bring them on because it's almost like a Trojan horse. It's a chance for me to actually convert you because you're at this lowest moment with the brand where you're trying to fix something, right? And we can rise that problem and get it to a point where it's like, oh, wow, not only did we fix it, we did it in such a way that, uh, you know, you felt inspired that said, wow, this is the brand I want to Stick with, and then again, like I said, if we can amplify that, give them some sort of sort of asset that says, "Hey, everybody else, you know, look what they did. You should, you know, you know, should consider these guys too."
1: And I think Amazon used to call this a concept of flipping the turtle, which is basically mm-hmm. when people are at that point, they're so frustrated they're just about to, I guess, if you're a turtle, die in the shell. You flip them back over and get them on their way. And I, I mean, I think that's a nice metaphor, but it, you know, it almost. Does a disservice to the value of that experience because it it's it puts it in just kind of a customer service mindset rather than this sort of experience moment where that that's actually I think the opportunity to to not just fix the problem but make them go wow that is amazing that they fixed it and they also did this extra other uh, other thing so I, I'm curious you know in in your work at Verizon and now. Uh, very briefly, <laughs> in your time at Sprinkler, um, what, are, what are some of the the kind of exciting things that you you did at Verizon, or that you're seeing, you know, some of the Sprinkler clients doing that sort of take those flip the turtle moments and turn them into kind of a a, a bit of a wow opportunity.
0: Um, you know, I'll talk a little bit about like um, process first, right? I think one of the wow moments that um, you know, working at Verizon and then uh, actually something that was powered by Sprinkler. It's this idea of these days with the strength of AI, you can actually measure the conversation journey in real time. Right. So, you know, um, at Verizon, we're able to kind of measure the conversation as it's happening with the customer. Uh, and, and it's allowing us to say, hey, you know, d- you know, how much Um, extra effort that we need so that this person can leave with um, a non-negative sense. You know, one of the things that's interesting, especially in social and for other, for all brands, we notice this is that you'll see a high percentage of your conversations in social with mentions of frustrations of prior touch points in, you know, I went to the store, I was on the phone with an agent and, you know, I wasn't getting satisfaction there. And when that occurs, Right. The social teams out there, especially social care, they're they're operating with like two strikes against them. You have to know that frustration level coming in. That was a big thing that we did from a transformative standpoint. That said, hey, we're able to measure this, you know, with our with our technology and our platform. And again, we were using Sprinkler we uh, over at Verizon. We were able to understand that frustration level coming there, and understanding how hard it, how difficult it will be to lift somebody to get them to non-negative. And even then, you know, that is the goal was just because you're working, uh, you know, at a deficit, you're trying to bring them to non-negative. And then even at that point, understanding how they're feeling to make sure that we can maybe get them to positive, maybe exhilarated and ecstatic, that again, we have that kind of shareable moment that's in there. So one of the things is just that. It's just, hey, how did we, you know, look at it from a, a process and technology standpoint to. You know manage the type of conversation that we're having there I think again uh, culturally it was also that bridge between um, marketing and uh, you know care that's there there's a there's a term that we we coined that I like to always take and I'm taking with me is this idea of community care there is a balance now again we, you know Anna you were talking about like where we are there is this huge effort now, what I call community care between the merger between, you know, marketing community management that you see with campaigns and customer care. So I just always call it community care, right? So again, how can we make a conversation, a brand moment and merge the two together so that it is doing both at the same time, fixing a problem, but it's also creating community, a look and a, you know, a, a touch point that both you can measure, you know, from a marketing standpoint and even from a sentiment standpoint, and then, you know, you're getting all the benefits of actually, you know, fixing the problem. Right. And you're trying to do it with a little bit of flair. So that, that's, you know, that I think is some of the things that we've, you know, from both a, a, a process standpoint, a cultural standpoint and an objective that has really changed and transformed. And then even from a technology standpoint.
1: How do you, how do you get those stay? St- I mean, I think a lot of our listeners are probably like, Hey, this sounds amazing. Uh, I, you know, this, it sounds a lot easier than it is in practice. You have to get mm-hmm. a lot of people together in the enterprise uh, environment who maybe don't normally talk to each other, uh, don't like to talk to each other. in some cases, um, what is, what has been some, some valuable ways you've seen to do that, bring like the customer care team, the, you know. Potentially, that your data and insights and analytics team together and and get them talking, at least common language.
0: Right. Um, Well, first, I will say flat out, relationships. Relationships um, and and the people you work with is is probably one of the most key things. Right. That you know made a lot of what we did a reality. Uh, Yeah. I. I also. Uh, you know, maybe call it just uh, good timing that's there, but the challenges that we all are facing from both, uh, you know, managing customer volume and productivity, as well as just even understanding the, the, the quality of what you're delivering. Uh, you know, I'm part of different thought leader groups, you know, uh, across different industries that talk about like social care. And a big part of that we still hear today from other colleagues that are in different companies is, you know, my executives don't understand the impact that this brings to the table. Um, you know, they 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 get that it's that it's a necessity, but how do I you know describe or show them success other than a verbatim of a customer that you know said nice things about us, right? Uh, and I I think that was one of the things that that helped us out. One of the challenges that we had both on the marketing side and on the care side was that we were defining success together and we, you know, collaborated on what that is. You know, we built a a metric that said, hey, here's what experience is. And the experience isn't compliance related where it's like, hey, the, you know, this is what the agent said, right? They can say anything in the world, but if it doesn't resonate with the customer, it, 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 it it didn't move the needle. And that's where I think where we actually were able to kind of bring folks together from an insights, from a, um, from a marketing standpoint and from a care standpoint is that we defined a real innovative progressive metric that measured how the customer. It's more than sentiment, right? It's more than just the feeling there. It was, you know, emotion, intensity, what they were talking about, all about in this particular experience metric that we had that allowed us to say, hey, we're now measuring quality at a different level right? Than just a survey. A survey is a post-conversation metric, right? The conversation's already kind of done and and gone. And even then, when you use survey, it only has a sample size of, you know, whatever you can actually have as a take rate, where this metric is measuring every conversation that is qualified, uh, you know, that we have with a customer. So I think that was a a big thing that was just, you know, a great... um, you know, coincidence that we were all looking for a quality measure that's there to help articulate that to our executives. And we're able to show that, right, that, hey, we move customer conversations in this particular direction with this particular experience metric that we have.
2: Yeah, Ken, that is insanely powerful. Everything that you just said, that process that you laid out, how you were able to achieve that and bring people together. And it is so much easier to work towards shared metrics than trying to like constantly pull somebody onto your side or constantly trying to get them to like understand why your metrics are so important. So love that approach. Love getting people going in the same direction, getting everybody together on the same page. The other piece um, that we haven't talked about yet, but I know, I'm sure you've seen it over the last, especially the last two years with the pandemic. And, you know, you even touched on it a little bit before about how, you know, when people come to kind of vent their grievances, they are elevated. They've had multiple different interactions that have frustrated them. So they're coming at uh, their their complaints and, and, you know, their outlets on social with, they're kind of at an 11 at this point. And the people who often get the brunt of this are the real people on the social customer care side or whomever is responding or whoever's receiving these messages. And we've heard from a lot of people over the last few years that people are really burning out. And they're really – it's hard not to take this personally sometimes. It's hard not to feel – you know, the frustration and it you, you oftentimes empathize with the customers and these people because you've had shared experiences. So how do you recommend people prep their care teams and making sure that they can still provide an experience while also kind of protecting their piece as well? Because it is an emotionally taxing job to be on that side and really live up to customer expectations.
0: Um, you know, that is a great question because I'll tell you one of the things that we've um, really put in place is a cultural change, and it's the objective that you're actually trying to chase. Um, when I when I say that is that if you're it's very different if you're just trying to chase a fix it moment and it's um, transactional and then they, you you move on to the next problem, right? But if you're actually trying to chase a brand moment, and I was mentioning before how good it feels when somebody gets that elation of not just I fix your problem, but they actually call out your brand to say, you know, great Verizon, thank you so much for doing this for me. You know, you know, you you know, I I couldn't do this without you, that type of thing. Right. That is a different goal that's being pursued. Uh, And and that's actually what we, you know, instituted as part of like why uh, the, The social care approach is quite different, right? You're chasing these brand moments. You're chasing almost a sales high that you're doing it. It allows you to kind of, you know, okay, I didn't get that sales high. I'm going to go to the next, you know, the next customer. Regardless of how frustrated they are, I'm actually looking for that because fixing the problem is kind of table stakes at that point. Yeah, they've kind of gone through different channels and they're frustrated. We're sort of the last savior that they're having. They're doing it in a public venue, right? And I think the other big thing about this is the is the opportunity it gives from a, uh, a, a, a social standpoint for those teams. Um, you know, one of the most interesting things is that uh, imagine the story you could tell when you're actually now looking to be, go beyond just being a social agent. Right. Most people think that you have a linear path to just being in the care organization. Where you're just having to, you know, be a care supervisor, and you're just going to continue to deal with problem solving, which is, a, is which is great and all, but you know, when you work in social, one of the things we said is, guess what? Now you're working to manage an influencer. You're managing somebody that you can talk to about from a community management standpoint, right? Uh, when you have influencer management, and you can talk about as an uh, as a story, as an agent, hey, I took somebody with. Uh, you know, a million and a half followers and I didn't just fix their problem, but I gave them an asset to share with the rest of their group. That's a real powerful story, even to the point where one of the groups that we have working with us, you know, I'll call it positive attrition that uh, probably the last seven or eight folks that have left that team have not gone to care roles. They've gone to marketing roles. They're actually outpacing marketers for their own roles because they can talk about experience at a real intimate level. You know, we we deal with content, even from a care standpoint. We have to put educational infotainment on how things work, right? So we build content out there. So you're not only dealing with, you know, how you manage a customer. You're dealing with how you manage an influencer, how you manage, uh, you know, uh, an executive conversation, because a lot of our executives are influencers out there. And you're dealing with content that is, in and of itself, again, this idea of like social for social's power. This power of social isn't just. Hey, I'm taking a message and just responding to it like a chat it's about sharing experience and again that's a, a different powerful way to change the culture of the agents that are there so they're not looking at the burnout that you're saying because they're looking at a different type of objective from a value standpoint
1: I'm I mean that's that's an amazing metric that uh, that you just talked about you know this Six people who've recently left social care have, have gone into marketing. But that doesn't really, I guess, shock me all that much uh, because because empathy. I mean, I, marketing is a job more about empathy now than it ever, I think, has been. And what I, – I don't know. I feel like a lot of marketers don't talk to customers. They're afraid of, almost of of going and, and talking to customers. This is uh, – when Jay and I worked on Talk Triggers together, this was – we we're talking about the process of how you, you know, do word of mouth in a company. That was one of the things that we, we hit on. Uh, we were hearing from marketers like, oh, I do not really talk to my customers that often. That's like social cares team, social cares job, or uh, that's our research team's, you know, job. I don't really talk to our customers a lot, but uh, I'm happy to hear that that's actually what's happening. And it, I think it reflects in marketing that we're seeing from some of the, you know, the brands we look, we, have, we all should aspire to, be. Uh, I think that's happening. So good for them.
0: <laughs> I mean, my background is, is marketing, um, you know, put, you know, again, um, hopefully this will inspire other marketers to, you know, sit down because, you know, you really become intimate with your company and the customers are there when you're trying to, you know, solve their issues. Right. But at the same time, you're getting them at the lowest point of the brand. And your job is to make that brand you know, the best it could possibly be, you know, and and here you're not only trying to, we'll call it repair the brand, but you're also trying to show also the all the the added value that comes with it, right? That being a customer with any company, uh, what it really means. So, you know, it's a a huge way that it actually creates, you know, I'll say even creates you as a better marketer to understand, you know, folks at their best level when you're, you know, when you're running a, a huge campaign for a sporting event, And at the same time, you know, you have to also deal with it when customers that you deal with and the audience that you deal with are are at their lowest level. You have to, you know, look at both sides of it.
2: Yeah, it's so interesting. Just again, going back to the difference between I think those who start off in just social care, whether that be you know, in a formal customer service role or even social customer care versus people who just jump straight into marketing, it's, uh, there is a difference you can tell. Um, and I think, you know, Daniel, to your point in the research that, that talk trigger showed it's, you know, that's kind of how sometimes I think campaigns get through where you're like, Did did nobody read the room on this one? Like, you know, and it happens, mistakes happen, you know, but yeah, I, I agreed. It's it's just the importance of talking to customers, really understanding. And again, going back to Ken, what you said at the very beginning of our conversation and seeing not just people as customers, but seeing customers as human. And that's really ultimately, I mean, the crux of the whole thing, really. But you know, I, I, I just also have to ask too, Ken, because Obviously, you're working on massive scales. You're working with, you know, Verizon, and now you're with Sprinkler, and you're in these big, beautiful roles with, you know, not, you know, you've put a lot of processes in place, and you've put a lot of people in place. But what are some of your recommendations for teams that are maybe a team of one or two? Or maybe they are just starting to get off the ground, right? They're at that baseline level of, you know, they're showing up, they're, they're doing the best that they can, they're responding as fast as they can what are some ways that they can really take their their social customer care and their customer experience game to the next level even on really really strapped resources
0: um, so I, I I think you have to think about care not just in terms of response you have to scale the value that's there and, and again it's it, it's not easy right um, uh, I, I would always say that my strategy and care team wasn't just a team about response. Um, yes, we were a digitally transformational team because we wanted to evolve the experience into a marketing one. But the other things that we provided, you know, throughout the company that made us invaluable, right, uh, that weren't care related, and you kind of have to incorporate this in because you have access it to uh, access to all of it, uh, you know, in your in your care interactions. So the first thing is, your social voice of the customer. I cannot tell you how many partnerships that we've had because of the VOC that we get from that intel, right? It made us literally in on every product launch, go to market, post, you know, post-mortem analysis. Everybody wanted to know what the customers was saying on social, whether it be the the issues that we we're having to deal with or the great things that were happening there on like, a, you know a, a, you know, a big event like Super Bowl, right? So, First thing is like the the analytics piece of it, right? And then, uh, you know, I'll go back to the other parts of it of what you're talking about, like how to get scaling the value uh, beyond just the care piece of it, that you have to make those relationships with the marketing folks. Um, You know, think about also, when I talk about community care, you know, you could do easily with your team. Uh, Again, it gives you sort of this different outlet to do community management with your marketing team, instead of it being farmed out to uh, an agency, right? Um, Who's more better equipped sometimes to, you know, manage an audience is somebody that is a, you know, been with the brand for such a long time versus a, you know, a a junior community management person from an agency that might go to a different client at some other point, right? So again, trying to find those different opportunities there. And I know we're talking about like, you know, strap resources. But this is what you do day in and day out. You do community management as part of your regular role there. Uh, I think another one is, again, kind of pivoting back to it. It's like you're also managing influencers, right? So you got to think about that value in and of itself. You're managing things that your executives say there. And, um, And again, it's also how you tell the story. Social often is Peace of mind, right? You want to grow the team. You want to grow the practice. Um, I am dead on sure that um, most people or most executives don't run to their social team and say, you know, how many calls have you deflected? They're there for the peace of mind going, I want to be sure that my customers aren't saying things that are negative. I want to be sure, again, that this celebrity that said something about us is being white gloved and handled really well and he's talking about it, right? When you have a team that you can trust that does that, and the executives have that peace of mind that you're managing that from a public, uh, you know, visibility um, standpoint. You know, you're able to actually grow the practice more and get the resources that you're looking for to, you know, um, not just be strapped all the time, right? So you have to tell that story in such a different way than oh, yeah, this is how fast we were, or, you know, this is the volume that we dealt with, right? Because call deflection isn't where, where the value is, right? The, uh, the, if you're talking about volume, it's the reach, right? How many people are seeing this? Because uh, I, I never had a senior executive run to me about call deflection. They ran to me about how many people are seeing this, right? Use that as your starting point, right? When you're having these conversations around social care.
1: Well, I heard a marketer once describe this as uh, like he uh, was saying, you know, my job in marketing is what goes out, and and social media's job is what comes back, and I'm terrified about that part, <laughs> because I'm not used to getting the coming back into my workflow. Uh, so it's muscle that net institutions have to build. I think that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Verizon's a good example of of one that has evolved very uh, methodically and, and purposely, but uh, it is muscle. Uh, speaking of evolution and uh, things coming back, we're coming back around to uh, to the end of this uh, episode. We have a couple of questions to come back at you with. Are you ready for the final two questions?
0: I am ready for the final two questions.
1: All right. Question number one, what piece of advice would you give to someone who wants to become a social pro?
0: Uh, To be a social pro. So uh, I think the first uh, bit of advice is uh, remember the power of social is all about sharing experiences, regardless if you're coming from marketing or care. And that is your goal there. And try to find a story that allows you to say, hey, I've been able to amplify, especially the positive ones, these experiences out there and transform a business doing so. So I think that's a very, you know, good way for people to continually remind themselves about like why even in their personal and their professional use, right, how social can impact, you know, the, the places that they work with and, you, you know, the network that you have as a community.
1: A little storytelling is a strong, strong bit of career advice. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think it's a good reminder for all of us. Uh, OK, second question. If you could have a video call with any living person, who would that be?
0: Oh, my goodness. Uh, so I, I, I probably and this is probably just glib of me because it's uh, it's tennis season. I'm a big tennis buff. Right. Um, and um, I would probably say like Roger Federer, because, you know, he's been out for. For from tennis for like a a year or so because of his knee injury, and he appeared at Wimbledon for their 100th celebration, and the Twitter sphere blew up (laughs) when he went out there because you know no one was expecting him to attend. And again, I you know I I really 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 you know like him as a professional athlete, but also as a huge tennis fan. And again, if I could have a chance to have a conversation with them, you know I, I I I totally enjoy that. So. Uh, it's just because we're in the we're in the season of tennis in Wimbledon uh, that that just thing popped in my mind just immediately.
2: I don't know if anybody has ever picked anybody from tennis before. I'm pretty sure Roger Federer has not been selected before. But uh, yeah, uh, what a what an amazing uh, player and and just yeah, uh, just insane. That would be an insane conversation. So. Um, yeah. That'd be really fun. Yeah. And Wimbledon is everywhere right now at the time of this recording at least. So, uh, hopefully everybody's watching and, and, uh, I don't know, maybe we can have like a collective live call or something after Wimbledon. Who knows? Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah. great. <laughs> oh man, Ken, thank you so much for being here today. This was such a fantastic conversation and thank you for sharing your experiences, helping everybody and in, including myself and Daniel too. I know this totally just reshaped how I feel and about social customer care and the way I look at it, and the different perspectives. Thank you so much for being here today. This was a really fantastic conversation.
0: Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Daniel, for having me. You know, uh, I hope to come back soon to you know give you some more perspective and stories. Just don't come Absolutely. back with a new
1: job. Let's stay.
2: Let's keep you at Sprinkler for a while. <laughs> yeah, you already did that part. You got that part out of the way. So yeah, we can come back next time you come back. We'll talk about Sprinkler. Perfect. All right. Well, until, until we talk to you uh, next time, Ken, thank you so much again for being here and to all of our social pros listeners. Thank you for being here as well with us week after week after week. We sincerely appreciate you coming back for these amazing conversations. And we hope to see you again next week on what we hope is your favorite podcast in the whole wide world, social pros.